Hello, City Hope. I know what you need. I want all the campuses, including Malvis, to stand up. See, it was so hard for you to even stand up. You have two options. You can turn to someone and say, you know what, you look better this week than you did last week. Or you can say, I hope the next time I see you, you look better than you do now. So go ahead, find two or three people and graciously insult them. It's hard to compete with rainy days. And uh, we've had some rain and some more rain's coming, but it's good to see you. Thank you for being with us this weekend. I want to show you, we've received a message from Pastor Solomon. He's in Uganda. We started supporting him last year. We also send funds for food for children that are refugee children. And so he sent you a personal message. I'd like for you to watch this video. This is uh, Solomon Mwesege Pastor from Kampala, uh, Good News Church. We are in Ramwanja, and behind me is our truck that is offloading food for these refugees that are right here. I want to uh, send this message to City Hope Church for the funding that we received to feed uh, the children, uh, which is happening right now. Without your support, these children totally have no hope. So, you can hear the excitement, and uh, what you guys call child labor in your country is what we call helping. So they're involved already because they can't wait to get this food. One more time I want to say thank you so much. Now this is one of the many, many schools that we support every day we are feeding over 40,000 children. And without your support, we would never do something like this. So your support is very important. Uh, keep up the support. Uh, keep up the good work. And it is going to the real cause for which you are giving. Thank you. God bless you. I say thank you for your faithfulness in giving and tithing. Uh, we not only help support him monthly, but also we've been able to send uh, large amounts of cash over to release food. There's actually food, those boxes, in a warehouse, and the taxes can't be paid. The government is holding it until the taxes are paid, so we're actually sending money to pay taxes for them to get the food out. And so uh, there's 240000 box uh, meals in one container 
and we've been able to do that several times and we'll continue to do that and uh, we'll actually will be over uh, with Pastor Solomon in July and to see it firsthand and, and meet his crew so I want to say thank you for doing what you're doing and we're affecting the world well in this series we've been trying to answer the question is it too good to be true grace last week we talked about the law you know what about the law do we still need the law if you missed that I encourage you to go back and pick that up or any of the messages on this series another question I'm asked when talking about grace is what is our part grace saves us God's grace saves us completely and totally through our faith so do we have a part some teach on grace that and they say we do not have a part and that's not true all through the scripture it shows us that we have a part to receive God's grace and to have faith to do so the purpose of this message this weekend is to encourage you in God's love but also to help us grow by understanding the spirit of grace and that's what I've subtitled this the spirit of grace and 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 see grace is really the most important doctrine in the Bible Grace is really the, the only thing that separates Christ from other saviors, Christianity from other religions. And today, we're forgiven by grace, we're saved by grace, and all the blessings of God are available to us today by grace. So what I want to do is I'm going to read a scripture. This is really one of the best scriptures of our grace. It's kind of like the platform to get understanding. I'm going to read that, and then I'll explain what I'm going to talk about in this message. So Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. As for you... You were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work and all those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions it is by grace you've been saved. And God raised us up with Christ, seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. In order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you've been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. It's a gift of God, not by work, so that no one can boast. So the Bible tells us first we're saved by grace and not by the law. Being saved by the law, I talked about the law last week. In the Old Testament, mean you had to keep all 613 laws. And if you broke one, then you're guilty of breaking the entire law. In the Old Testament, God wasn't that, he wasn't really a personal God. He was a God behind a temple wall. He was a God eventually behind a veil. And one, time, one man, one time a year, could go in and approach God on behalf of the people. What, understand, when Jesus died on the cross and he said, it is finished, the veil in the temple rent from the top to the bottom, which is signifying to us now the presence of God that was separated from man. Man can go, all people can go now to the presence of God by his grace. So here's what that means for us. We are now justified by the blood of Jesus Christ. Because of his blood, we can go boldly into his presence, you yourself, and you can ask him for anything. And by his blood, I can be saved regardless of the bad things that I have done or the bad things that I am doing. God knows all those things. He knows that we don't deserve it. And that's why only Jesus can win us to God because he has a special love for us. Jesus' love for us is very special. 
Such a special love that in the New Testament, the Greeks gave its own name. This word didn't exist until they saw the love of Christ. It's the word agape. Agape simply means, it means regardless of the circumstances or the emotions, Jesus is saying, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. That is the only way you'll ever feel secure in this relationship because God's love is unconditional. doesn't matter if you're young, if you're old, doesn't matter if you're rich or you're poor, it's unconditional. So when God tells us he loves us by his grace, we can only understand that when we know what his word teaches and we understand the word and we understand God's love is the most permanent, secure, gracious kind of love in the entire universe. But grace is very different than our natural thinking. It, it, it doesn't register naturally. The, the verse we just read said, for it is by grace you've been saved through faith. So we have to have faith and grace in order for it to work. I have to have faith because in the natural it doesn't fit. The reason grace takes faith is because God, he is so different. His ways are not our ways. His thinking is not our thinking. And what God requires is, is it's counterintuitive to my natural thought process. Maybe like me, you, you think, you know, you used to think, well, if I do enough good stuff, he, he loves me. And if I do bad stuff, he, he doesn't love me as, as much. But, you know, I, I want you to understand that the truth is God can't love you any more right now than, than he loves you. If you do everything right the rest of your life, if you could keep all 613 laws perfectly for the rest of your life, he, he, he can't love you more than he loves you right now. But he blesses us more when we step out in faith and obey him. So, so watch this phrase. His blessings are conditional, but his love is completely unconditional. His blessings are conditional, his love is unconditional. And, and many of us think that love is conditional. And when you feel like that, you feel condemned a lot. You, you, you have this thought. And so what I'm encouraging you to do it through this message is you need to step out in faith and just act like God loves you and let God prove you. He, he'll prove himself. And every time you step out in faith, believing in God, in his grace, it's going to go against everything in your natural thinking and feeling because it's totally different than us. So grace isn't just about getting something we, we don't deserve. Grace is also about God radically changing us until we become like him. So in this message, I have two points. Actually, the points are two scriptures. And so I've kind of identified this, beside the scripture kind of a theme of that scripture. So in, in just a minute, we're going to start in the book of Luke chapter 6, and the context of Luke 6 is grace. And, and, and let me say, when you start to under, I'm going to say it again, when you start to try to understand God's grace, and you begin to step out in God's grace, it's challenging because it goes against what we think and feel in the natural. So let's get started. Here's the first point. It's in Luke 6, and it's the grace of forgiveness. So Jesus is talking about how he, in this scripture we're going to read in Luke, he's talking about how he wants us to act and what will happen if we do. So I want you to listen to this, and I want you to see if you think it's as difficult to act this way as I do. So in verse 27, Jesus is talking, but to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. That's hard, right? Come on, don't leave me out here by myself. Bless those who curse you. That's not what we want to do. <laughs> nope. Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other side also. If someone takes your coat, don't withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. No, 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 we, we want it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. 
And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. That's nothing special. Sinners do that. There's no credit for that. And if you, and if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great and you will be children of the Most High because he, had, because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. The most high, watch what he said, the most high God, he's kind to the ungrateful person and the wicked person. 36, be merciful just as your father is merciful. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, you will not be condemned. Forgive and you'll be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap for with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So let me kind of summarize what I'm saying. Jesus died on the cross he removed all of our sins. He paid our way to heaven. Not just our way to heaven, but he also gives us all of his treasures, riches, and blessings. They were taken away because of sin. For example, health, blessings, favor, the victory, freedom. All of these are ours again because of the blood of Jesus. However, there are people who have the concept that this is true, but that I can just sit here and I just receive all this stuff. Well, you need to understand two theological words. Here's the first one, imputation. In the scriptures, theologically, this is what it means. Jesus died for you on the cross, and when he said it is finished, it's like you had a spiritual bank account that's set up, and your, and your account has access to all of heaven's treasures. And God wants to bless us. He's no respecter of persons, and all of us can have God's best through faith. The other theological word is the word impartation. And scripturally, it means this. When we put our faith in God, he releases those blessings and treasures into our account. In other words, it's not automatic that we can just sit down, and I'm going to use this word, okay, just give me a little grace here to use this word. You, you can just sit down under the spout, and it all comes out without us doing anything by faith. Here's what Jesus is saying when he read all this off. Do, do you want to be forgiven? Do, do you want God to be kind to you? Do you want mercy? Do, do, do you want God not to judge you? Do you want grace? Then he says, okay, l let me tell you how it works. Be merciful. And your, your heavenly Father will be merciful to you. Don't judge, and, and you won't be judged. And Forgive, and you'll be forgiven. Grace is not just about God doing something to us. Grace is about God doing something through us. God wants to show the world who he is through you. That's, that's how the world's going to see it. It's through you. God wants people to see him in you, and that's why the Bible says it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. But, watch, and, and I know there's nobody at City Hope like this, okay? So I'm talking to somebody else. But if you're mean-spirited like the world is, and you treat people the way they deserve, see, our mindset in our culture today is, you be nice to me, I'll be nice to you. If you're good to me, I, I'll, I'll be good to you. If you... If you're of my political persuasion, I can agree with you. If you do everything alight, I'm fine with that. You're in my camp. I can relate to you. But if you're not, I'm going to treat you the way you deserve to be treated. And Jesus is saying, if you're like that, you're no different than anybody else in the world, and you're not like me. Because God is kind and, and, and gracious to evil people. So listen, I, I don't know about you. Maybe I think this is true for everybody. I didn't get saved because I heard God hated me. I, I, I got saved because I heard God loved me. When I heard the gospel message, I was in sin. You were too. 
When you heard God loved you, you were a sinner. But, but God didn't come to you with a, with a bony finger pointing in your eyes and, and a big bat. He came to you with a wooden cross. In order for grace and forgiveness to flow in our lives, we have to have faith. First, I have to have faith to believe Jesus died for me. If I confess my sins, he'll, he'll forgive me. That Faith like that, sure. But it also takes faith to say, you know what, I, I'm going to forgive somebody else. It takes faith to forgive somebody else. The word forgiveness actually means before give. In other words, I'm going to extend mercy to you before you deserve it. Someday you may deserve it, but right now you don't, and God gave it to me when I didn't deserve it, so I'm going to give it to you. Here's why. Here's why this is so important. People watch us. People watch you in your marriage. They, they, they watch you at work. They watch you in the community. They watch us. And, and if we're just like everybody else, where we parcel out grace to people we think deserve it, or they, and they don't deserve it, then we're, we're like every other religion. We're, we're no different. But if we're people like Christ, watch, it has conditions attached to it. Yeah, Jesus just put conditions here in the context of grace. So watch. He said, here's the condition, in the context of grace. Give, it'll be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. It'll be poured into your lap, your bosom. And by your standard of measure, I'll measure it back to you in return. And you may be sitting there thinking, what are you talking about, Pastor? Here's what I'm talking about. Listen, I'm talking about depression. I'm talking about mental issues, mental problems, anger issues, emotional problems, all kinds of bondages of emotional and physical problems that are caused by anger and unforgiveness and bitterness that's locked into our bodies that cause, in, cause intestinal problems, ulcers, cause skin disorders and heart problems. And Jesus said in Matthew 18, if you won't forgive, you've turned your body over to the tormentors. W what does that mean? That means that the tormentors torment our mind, our emotions, and, and our bodies. What I'm saying is where, whenever we will not give grace and mercy away, the flow stops in our lives. When we won't give it away, the flow of the Spirit, it stops in our lives, and, and it affects every part of our lives. When Jesus said, in what we just read, give and it will be given to you, let me tell you what he's talking about. I know what you think he's talking about, but let me tell you what he's talking about in the context of the Scripture. He's talking about peace. Peace. Give peace away. Don't be contentious with people. Don't hassle people. Be gracious with people. When you give peace away, it comes back to you. When you give kindness away, even to people who don't deserve it, your kindness is going to come back to you. And understand where it comes in. It comes into your mind, and it ends up in your heart. It, it's between you and God. Now it's helping your mind, and it's, it's, it's bringing peace to your heart. Listen, I, 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 I'm, I'm going to show you something, then I'm going to flip the coin, okay? So don't feel like I'm picking on you. I, I see you driving sometimes. I see you in stores shopping. I see you, and you don't see me sometimes, and... You know, I've seen people, not everybody, I've seen some people, you know, be a jerk and be rude and be crude and all that. And it's like, oh, God, you know, like, I hope they don't say, hey, pastor. Like, Tuh. And then I've seen the way you drive. Then you see me. It's like, oh, hey. You know, like, you're flipping somebody off and you're mad and you're raging and all that stuff, you know. And, and, and listen, I, I understand that. I get that. Here's the flip side of it. As a pastor, everywhere I go, most of the places in our community, Somebody there is probably going to know me or recognize me. So I can't be rude and crude. I can't even not leave a tip anymore. 
In fact, I always tip heavy. Always. Even if the serve, I don't care. I, I, I have to. I'm a pastor. I extend grace. So what am I saying? I'm saying I have pressure on me in the position that I am as a pastor to extend grace. Listen, it's not natural for do that to do that, and you need pressure on you to do that, and the only way you get that is through the supernatural grace of God to extend it to somebody that they don't deserve it. So listen, this is probably the most important statement I'll make in this message. Our worlds, your house, your marriage, your kids, your job, your world, our worlds that we live in are created by our response to God's grace. How you respond to God's great grace is what's creating the world you're living in. So when I say to God, I believe in your grace and I believe that you're going to be kind and merciful, loving, forgiving, and non-judgmental, my first response is, I believe that. Secondly, I've got to let that flow through me. And by faith, I'm going to forgive somebody. And by faith, I'm going to be kind when they don't deserve it, when they don't deserve to be forgiven. By faith, I'm going to do this. Believing, God, that you're going to use that in my life to touch other people with the spirit of grace. And here's what God said. This is what Jesus just said. Fine. I'm good with that. And I'll give you as much as you give away. Some of you are business people. You have your own business and you, and, and you know. You, you know you, it's just like God's just saying, okay, I'll do that. And as much as you give away, I'll, 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 give, you, I'll give you more. I'll, I'll repay it. You give it away, I'll give you as much as you give away. Given will be given to you. Then God goes on to say, and I'm paraphrasing what God would want to say to you, but, listen to me, but you may be on your way to heaven and I love you and I always love you and nothing can separate that. Nothing can make me not love you, but I want you to understand this. Listen to me. God, God's speaking this to you. I simply will not go around to bless people so that I can, I, I'm simply not going to bless people so that I can give you my grace so that you can go around being mean and crude and beating up people. I, I'm not going to give you my grace so that you can go out there and shame my name by being hateful and rude and unkind to people and bear my name in the process. Now, if I'm going to bless you the way you want to be blessed, how many of you want to be blessed? Yeah, well, there's some of you don't give a rip. Okay, how many, let's do it again. How many of you like to be blessed? You have the blessings of God. Okay, here's what God's saying to you. I'm going to summarize everything Jesus just said. He's saying, if you want to be blessed the way you want to be blessed, then act like me. Act like me. You don't, you don't see Jesus going off in that waiter's face. You don't see Jesus going off on that person, that family member. No. And, and listen, that's a pretty fair request because we, we don't have to be perfect. We, we don't have to perform. We, we don't have to work off our sins because Jesus did that. But the more we treat people the way Jesus did and love our enemies, and listen, it takes faith to love your enemies. It takes faith to do good to people who have done you wrong. It takes faith forgiving people. But the more you step out in faith, the more you'll see this spout of God open over your life and this grace will pour out good measure pressed down shaken together it'll be poured into your lap by the standard of measure that you use it will come back to you so here's what we need to do we need to be extravagant in our grace why because we, we our god's an extravagant god 
We need, to, we need to go above and beyond in this grace. But you cannot do it in your natural. It's supernatural. It's God's got to help you to do it. Here's my second point, second scripture, 2 Corinthians 9. So th- this one is the grace of giving. The context of Luke 6 is grace, mercy, and love. The context of 2 Corinthians 9 is money, but has the same issues attached to it. So watch, 2 Corinthians 9, 6. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make, what does it say? Okay, some of you can read. The last group couldn't read very well. Let's do it one more time. And God is able to make what? All grace abound toward you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work now, now look how, how many of you believe this how many believe that god is a generous god well he is but he's not generous because we deserve it god he, he's generous because he's a giving god it's his nature he wants to bless us in a profound way even though we don't deserve it but we have to be givers in this text we just read Paul is going to receive an offering for the church in Jerusalem. He's going to the church in Corinth. They don't even know the people in Jerusalem because in those days you never traveled probably more than 50 miles your entire life from your hometown. And there was no phones, no way to know anybody. So they, they, they really didn't know anybody. They just knew there's a group of people hurting there. And, and Paul came and said, hey, listen, I want you to help this group of people that you don't even know about. And I'm sure they said, Why? And here's his answer, I'm paraphrasing. Because God loves these people, and we need to be generous. It's just like those kids in Africa and other places that we, that we minister to. L- listen, God loves those people, and we need to be generous. I- I've had people go off on, on different, you know, supporting uh, people like this in groups and say, well, you know what, they just need to get a job and be responsible. Man, you, you, you have no idea what you're talking about. Because that country, Uganda, has been in war. It hadn't been out of war for about eight years. And, and all these children are children of the children that came out of the war. And you, Who knows what all is going on? But that's not our responsibility. Our responsibility is to see people, love people, and be generous. That's what people need. So here's what Paul's saying. He said, hey, I want you to understand the principle. If you read on in 2 Corinthians 12, it says that Paul had revelations, actually called surpassing revelations, from God, and this is one of the revelations that he's sharing with the church. Here it is. When you give money to God, you're not losing something, you're sowing something. And if you sow sparingly, you're not going to get a big crop because you didn't have faith to give. God is not going to release his grace into your life if you're selfish because he's not selfish, he's generous. If you're waiting for the grace of God to flow into your life, you know, understand there is a spout that you can turn on or you can turn off. And it's by being generous. And watch, and part of the flow that flows is being loving and forgiving and being a giver and being generous. That can flow into your life where you're loving people, you're forgiving people, you're a giver and you're generous. And Paul said to his people, if you sow bountifully, you will reap bountifully because God is able to make all grace flow so watch god is able but the issue is will we be like him 
We, we show the world that we live in that God is a generous God and that he gives to people when they don't deserve it. I, we, we've given to people, listen, this is, this is the stand that our church takes. We've given to people who do not deserve it. Religion says, well, when you get your act together, come back and we'll see what we can do. No, we give to people that do not deserve it. Why? Because that's the heart of the Father. In other words, why, why did we build this building and all the campuses that we have? We, we, didn't, we, we didn't build it to be more comfortable. We built our campuses so we, so we can go after more people that don't know Jesus. They don't deserve Jesus. We didn't deserve Jesus. But we need to tell them about Jesus. Everything we do at City Hope is about Jesus. Everything is designed for people that don't know him, but it will always take love and generosity. Did you hear me? I'm going to say it again. We are here on purpose, designed to reach people get them to Jesus, and it always takes love and generosity. And God says this, hey, I'll make you a deal. I'll make you a deal. Give, and I'll give it back to you. You, you sow bountifully, you'll reap bountifully, because I am able. Now, if you study out the word able in the text, you'll find that that word means powerful to accomplish. Listen to me, church. In the economy we live in right now, I want you to know that God is more powerful than the chairman of the Federal Reserve. He's more powerful than all the presidents put together. He's more powerful than all the economies of the world, and he's more powerful than the devil. So there is not a force on this earth that can keep God from blessing you when you sow into his kingdom because God is able. I think there's a mean streak right now. I'm trying to calm my mean streak down. I want all of us to just say, God is able. And the rest of you who didn't say it, say it with us again. God is able. He is able. He, he's not controlled by an economy or a world economy. He's not controlled. He's able. And, and, and so he, here's, here's what I know, though. Listen, there is always the fear that comes into our mind when we think, give, well, I don't know if there's enough for right now anyway. Or if I give, what, what, what's going to happen? Am, am I going to lose this? If I, and Paul is saying, you're not losing something. You're sowing something. And your God is able to make all grace flow. Listen to me. Not just money grace. That's where people have gone to the extreme and got it out of balance. Not just money grace. That's just a little bitty grace. But health grace. Peace, grace. Peace in your marriage. Peace with your children. Peace in your house. Peace with your job, with your income. Peace. Favor. Favor. Where you don't have to wear yourself out knocking on doors to open doors, but God sets you up and the doors are open for you. So you, you have blessing. You have all grace abounding toward you. Why? so that you have all sufficiency in all things that you may have an abundance for good work. Listen, if you're looking for financial security in this world, you're out of luck. You hear me? I don't care how much you got. I don't care what you own. If you're looking for financial security in this world, you're out of luck. But if you want to find it in God, I've got good news for you. 
and good news in the original you break it all the way down it means too good to be true i've got something to tell you too good to be true you can live your life always having all sufficiency in all things and you can have the abundance for every good work that god calls you to well pastor how do i do that i become a giver i become a giver not a consumer not a taker a giver Listen, God has a thousand and one ways to bless us. And whenever we give, we act like God. Not because a person deserves it or we agree with them, because it's the nature of our God. Our God is a gracious giving God. He wants us to be gracious giving people, and that's what gets people's attention. So I'm going to take my message, I'm going to put it in a nutshell. Here it is, listen. Jesus died on a cross and paid for our sins. And he has removed our sins from us, and he has brought back all the riches and treasures of heaven into our account that were lost when Adam fell. He has imputed every blessing of God, and they are released by faith, your faith. Even your salvation is released by faith. The, the, the decision to make Jesus Lord of your life, it takes faith to do that. And then when you are saved by grace, then you begin to live for Jesus, we have his spirit of grace. It shows up in the grace of forgiveness. It shows up in the grace of mercy, the grace of kindness, the grace of giving. You can go on and on and on. And when we step out in faith, we begin to let his character flow. See, see the purpose of the spout for all the grace is so that the character of our God begins to flow and the way we treat people and respond to people is what gets their attention. It's not how smart you are. It's not how long you've been in church. It's not what you know you don't know. It, it, it's, it's not how good-looking you can be ugly as sin. It doesn't matter. It, it, it doesn't matter any of those things. It's not your gifts and your talents. It's the spirit of grace flowing through you and the way you treat people and kind and gentle and loving and giving and helping. When you do that, their minds think, what's the catch? It's too good to be true. No, it's the grace of God. It's the spirit of grace. So what does God want? He wants his church to operate with a spirit of grace. He wants this church to have the grace of forgiveness and mercy and kindness and the grace of giving. We find more of the spirit of grace in our lives when we become forgivers and givers. If you can't forgive and you don't give, you'll have less of the spirit of grace. The more you can forgive and the more you give, not about an amount, it's about a heart attitude, the more of the spirit of grace you find. Be a forgiver. Be a giver. It's the nature of God. It opens up that spout to flow over your family and your life. Now, I want to do this. I know I'm out of time, but it's okay. Your stomachs aren't growling, so just give me a minute. I, I, I've never done a... I, I, I've done closings where there was, I had one line, one, one lane to go down, and one, I got three today. It's like a three-barrel shotgun. No such thing. So, uh, so I want you to stay with me. Don't, don't leave. Get, but, but listen to me. Because I really believe that there's three different groups of people that God has spoken to today. Here's the first one. I believe there's some here who need to forgive somebody. And this is something constant that's been eating at you. People who have hurt you or deeply damaged you. And, and if there is a person you need to forgive or people you need to forgive, I want you to get it over with today. I, I don't want that hanging on to you anymore. Get it over with. So if you will, all of you, you don't have to raise your hand. I don't want to know who you are. God knows who you are. I just want everyone, every campus, just bow your head, close your eyes. I want to pray for that group of people. God, you forgive us. We didn't deserve it. It's by your grace that you did that. And Lord, today, 
I forgive, and you fill in the blank, I forgive so-and-so today. I forgive them. I'm not going to be mean, seek revenge. I'm not going to talk bad about them anymore. I'm turning them over to you. And if I have an opportunity, I will treat them as you would. And God, I ask you to bless them. And I pray for the same mercy over us to be over them. Lord, I pray for this grace of healing now to flow in my mind, emotions, and spirit in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now look at me. Here's the second group. You may be here today, and, and it's not the issue of forgiveness, but it's the issue of how you treat people. Maybe you grew up with a hard life, developed a hard personality, but it's how you treat people. Being kind and gracious to people who don't deserve it is difficult for you, and you want to be more gracious. I want to pray for you. I don't want you to raise your hand. God knows who you are, so if you would, bow your heads. Holy Spirit, the Word says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. Fill us right now so that wherever we go, whoever we see, help us supernaturally be nicer than we really are. Use us this week to reveal your gracious, loving nature to our family, our friends, neighbors, co-workers, supernaturally. We don't pretend to have this ability, but by your Spirit, you can fill us with your divine love so that we can affect lives for Jesus' sake, amen. I got one more. Can I have one more? I'm two minutes on the time clock in the hole. Can I have one more? This means yes, children. Come on, boys and girls, work with me. Okay. And if, you, if you're saying no, don't, I'm not even looking at you. Okay. Here's the last group. Some of you need to surrender to being a giver. And I know it goes against your natural mind. Maybe you've seen abuse. Maybe you've seen neglect. Maybe, maybe you know, it, it's all out of balance, whatever, and it goes against it. For you, it's counterintuitive to give when you're anxious over your finances and things aren't measuring up and you're always running behind. I'm saying to you, God is a giver. And when you become a giver, he will open up a spout over your life and he's able to do that. He will, trans well, he will transcend all your circumstances supernaturally to bless you. I, I'm not saying I know one story. I know thousands of stories. Thousands of stories of people who started doing it. And he transcends all those circumstances. And if you want to surrender to the call today to be a giver, I want to pray for you. So if you bow your heads, close your eyes. And in your spirit, you can say, God, I want to be a giver. We come and say we want to start sowing into your kingdom a bountiful measure based on what you've given us. God, we come and say you're a giver and we want to be givers and have faith to believe that when we give, it will be given back to us, good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. And we ask you, Lord, to stand against our circumstances, stand against our human reasoning. And we say, God, today send blessings to us so that we can help you reach people for Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen.